Welcome to the podcast of Gas Pathways, a platform dedicated to exploring the technologies and innovations driving change in the natural gas industry. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Georges Taibosch, Senior Advisor at MIQ, a not-for-profit focused on reducing methane emissions from the oil and gas sector by certifying gas based on its methane emissions performance. Hi, Georges. Great to have you with us. How there? How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Uh, so I've I've been writing about MIQ uh, for quite some time, um, but for the benefit of uh, our listeners, maybe you could just walk us through what the mission of MIQ is and how does its certification system work? Um, <clears throat> yes, absolutely. I'll be. Uh, I'm glad to to do that. Uh, so MIQ, it's uh, basically all about uh, methane abatement in the oil and gas sector. Um, it is a, a very large uh, problem that contributes significantly to global warming, but the mm. great part of it is it can actually be addressed in, in a very reasonable time scale. Um, and what we think is needed for that is to create transparency around it so that the oil and gas operators can address it. They've got something to measure themselves against it and to, to manage uh, the methane emissions uh, in their operations. Uh, the problem the problem is really large. It's an equivalency of a CO2 equivalent. It's uh, give or take 7 billion tons equivalent per year, expressed in a different way that's seven or eight times older CO2 coming out of airlines on a yearly basis. And, and that makes it worth it to, to addressing this. Uh, and again, coming back to the good news, 80% give or take, uh, according to our research, and that's backed up by IEA as well, can be addressed with, with current technologies. But the oil companies and the consumers and the buyers, we need that transparency. And, and, and that's kind of what we bring in with MIQ. How do we do this? Uh, that is what, what we call a, a standard for certification. In practice, what happens, uh, we work with uh, multitudes of, of auditors. They and, and it's highly qualified auditors. It's auditors with engineering backgrounds, and they know methane. They, they've been on the on the platforms, and and and, and they know what a well is. Uh, so it's very highly qualified auditors. They go and uh, assess a facility of an operator with our standard. Um, the standards is is very detailed on how they have to assess it on the methane emissions, and ultimately we come up with a grading uh, after the audit period for the uh, facility. That will give a grading from from ATF, and and that will basically represent the um, the methane performance on a quantitative basis for uh, the operator. They can then start to use these uh, certificates for a period of of a year uh, to um, to show the performance of of their gas to their buyers and or traders, and and that's how it all starts. So you now get in the markets transparency around methane emissions. Um, and so far, that's uh, been well picked up last year, and, and we can discuss that a bit more in detail as well. Sure, I mean, there's a lot to um, unpack there. Um, so one starting point could be, uh, so could you tell me a bit more about how companies uh, quantify their emissions uh, to get absolutely. this certification? Yeah, so, so, so absolutely. What technologies so exactly. today employ? Yeah, so I'll try to summarize it, um, which is not straightforward because ultimately the, the standard we are using is, is, is 100 pages uh, long. <laughs> and, 
uh, it's obviously mm-hmm. rather difficult to summarize that in the podcast. But conceptually, there are there are three parts of this. Is one is the, the methane intensity. You determine the methane intensity at uh, the facility with known uh, methodologies uh, that are including, in many cases, being used uh, for, for regulatory purposes. But then we enhance that uh, significantly with two further uh, what we call pillars. Uh, one of them is deployment of monitoring technology. And what we do here specifically is we're not going to impose a specific monitoring technology. We are imposing certain what's called uh, thresholds or frequencies um, and how they get deployed and how you demonstrate to us that it's actually working. Uh, and then the last one is around what we call policies and procedures. Uh, typically, uh, LDAR procedures will, will fit into that. Um, and what happens is that some companies, they're very uh, rigorous at, at uh, methane management. They discuss it at their monthly management meetings. The operators on the field will intervene directly. They get trained on it. And other companies are less so. Uh, and what we are doing is incentivizing with our standards as you go up in grading in how you deal with that um, in, inside your company as well. And, and, and the better grades is the companies that use best practices, for example. Add up all those three. Uh, that gives you an overall uh, grading, again, as I said, uh, between A and F, but it represents all three of them. And then there are lots of details behind it. This is all done together, again, with uh, the independent auditor. They will work with the operator uh, to assess that. We then give a final stamp of approval, and you are ready to go, and certificates will be issued on a, on a monthly basis on, on, on the production of, of gas. Mm-hmm. And I guess some concern about these kind of voluntary initiatives is about the auditing process. Um, How do you ensure that it is, as you said, independent and transparent as well? Yeah, no, absolutely. And and that's, uh, we've designed actually MIQ on that basis. Um, We are limiting our role uh, purely to developing the standards and and creating that standard. for example, in the first version, I think we reviewed it with almost 100 counterparties. We are now developing, uh, or have developed rather, the LNG modules being uh, reviewed with 30 to 40 counterparties as well. And when I say counterparties, that includes NGOs, academics, institutions, operators, uh, technical people, uh, a wide variety. But we limit our role to that um, because obviously there would be a conflict if we would then audit along our own standards. That has to be independent. And so we rely upon third-party auditors uh, to do this. And, and, and that is, uh, we've got currently got almost a dozen operators, uh, sorry, rather auditors that have been uh, approved. We use what's called an accreditation standard. Uh, we check on how they, how, what's their experience, for example, on methane emissions, which audits have they done, um, what's the level of their, their engineering and auditors, what are their management of conflicts of interest internally, uh, all that gets checked partially against ISO procedures, partially against uh, including interviews with uh, the auditors. Um, and that's how we ensure that, that independence and, and rigor in there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that long ago that you launched the system and there's been a flurry of announcements of uh, various companies taking part, certi- certifying um, their various parts of their production portfolio. Um, how is the auditing process going? Um, so, when when do we when are we going to see the first certificates issued? They're there. They have arrived. 
So okay. uh, several of the announcements, including one that happened last week, for example, on EQT, but also we had last uh, uh, end of last year, uh, BP and, and a couple of others, the audit has been finished uh, and, mm -hmm. and that's when okay. they get certified basically for a period of 12 months following. Um, and when that happens, uh, so let's say, say for example, I need to think about the dates. I think a couple, yeah, several were certified end of uh, November. Um, and so we then wait to receive and do checks and balances on the December production. And that's when we will issue what's called the certificates for the production of December. That's happened now. So several of these companies have now got certificates in the in their accounts of our uh, MIQ digital registry. And so it means that they can transact um, with uh, delivering the certificates, the digital certificates uh, to their buyers together with the gas or separately. There's two, there's two ways of doing this. Um, so that's already taking place now. Okay, good to hear. Um, so how much gas do you expect to be covering um, going forward? I mean, how much are you covering now? And do you, do you have a kind of growth target that you're, you're aspiring to? Yeah, absolutely. So we we are we want to address this uh, at a very large scale. We think that that's ultimately what's going to create the the impact on on climate change, and so mm -hmm. we want to address this totally on on a global and across the whole industry uh, basis. So not only upstream, by the way, it also includes LNG pipelines, boosting gathering, uh, all uh, NOCs, uh, other IOCs across the globe. Uh, our target is to cover almost 100% of that uh, by the end of this decade. Um, mm -hmm. or, or rather, actually, earlier than that, but we want the, the, the industry to arrive at uh, much uh, higher, uh, better grading uh, earlier than that, of course, with that transparency. Currently, we have, in the space of less than one year, um, this is when we went public with, with MIQ, we've uh, currently, give or take, uh, certified 10 BCF a day or an equivalency 100 BCM uh, per year, uh, which is, is an enormous growth. Um, and, and that's being looked at uh, because obviously that started in the US uh, and that's now uh, also creating a lot of uh, attention by uh, buyers, for example, in Europe uh, or other potential importers. So we're very pleased with that, that that's going to kick off the interest in, in certification and ultimately, again, the drive to transparency and, and abatement. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk more about the incentives that companies have to take part. So on the ESG front, it obviously looks good having this certification of um, gas supply. Um, but one of the ultimate aims is to, to hopefully generate a premium for the certified gas, right? And how quickly do you envisage that premium on the market emerging? And how, mm -hmm. how, how large? Yeah, and that, that's obviously slightly the, the billion dollar question. Uh, wh where are the markets going to, to end up? Um, and as with any markets and myself, having uh, traded in many markets in, in commodities before, that we, we always want to know that one. Um, and, mm -hmm. and so it's a bit of a tricky one to answer. But what we are seeing is that I think in certain cases, we're definitely seeing there, there's a premium uh, for the certified gas uh, that's already taking, in some, taking place in some cases. Um, we do believe that uh, what's also going to happen is there is going to be a premium for better, as in higher grades, uh, certified gas versus over time either not certified or lower graded gas. And, 
and that is very logical because ultimately if you emit fewer methane emissions on on your gas then ultimately the methane emissions are going to be part from a buyer's perspective they're going to be part of what's called their scope 3 uh, ghg emissions which is ultimately mm -hmm. what a lot of them will be reporting upon and that will be part of depending on the the carbon cost or converted methane costs uh, that they were going to be looking at that. And so simply starting from that perspective, there is a logic in having lower methane emissions gas delivered to the buyers versus higher methane, and even worse, non-graded where you don't even know what you're being delivered. And so we do think that that is going to ultimately what we call differentiate gas depending on uh, the methane emissions. And so we will go from a, at the moment, not differentiated market where the gas you buy is ultimately uh, the same price, irrelevant of, of the methane emissions, because you don't know them, to a market where it will be differentiated, where the traders and the buyers and the commercial people are going to look at methane emissions via the MIQ grading system, as much as they will look at delivery location, flexibility of the gas and, and things like that. I see. And MIQ is obviously gaining popularity, um, but are you, uh, what are the main challenges you, you are experiencing getting more companies on board faster? I think the, I mean, we, we've been very pleased with, with how companies are uh, keen to get going with this. Um, and um, so we are seeing that growing very fast, actually. So the, the, the challenges, I think, are going to be going forward for, for that to be taken uh, to either the, the remaining companies, but I, I can already see that growing very, very fast. Um, and ultimately, also, we want to take that to the rest of the globe. Where we want to end up is that the buyers or the traders um, can act uh, on what we call, they can compare apples to apples. Um, so that you have a level playing field based on, on methane emissions that, that is going to happen uh, across the globe. And so ultimately where you'll end up, we will provide with MIQ the, the, the information on methane emissions at the point of the decision making. Whether you're a trader, an intermediate, whether you're a buyer as a utility, whether you're a seller, whether you're a shipper, uh, and, and that's how we're rolling it out. So. I think so far we've had also, if I now look at, is, is there any limit on uh, auditors, for example? Sometimes we, we get asked, you know, there's never enough auditors around the globe. I don't think that is a limiting action, a limiting factor. Um, we've got a dozen and many more are we're in conversations with. The same for can, um, for example, methane tech uh, and the measurement side, for example, can that be delivered? I think. There's now dozens that we are working with, and uh, I read somewhere there's a count of, I don't know, give or take 100 companies now operating in, in that space. So it's, it's rapidly developing, and we've set it up such that um, we rely upon all these uh, providers, service providers, to, to bring that, and so it can grow much faster and faster. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about MIQ's global ambitions. Um, are you in any discussions with with suppliers outside of North America or on, on certification? Oh, absolutely, Do dozens. So we, we are definitely in, in conversations outside of the US. Uh, I think it started in the US uh, earlier, maybe it's an earlier market adopter. 
mm-hmm. maybe got set up by, uh, I don't know, for example, the cases of, oh, she cancelling a contract and everybody wants to look into this. Uh, that That's where it started. Uh, but no, absolutely. There, there is a huge amount of interest to this uh, abroad. Uh, and again, that, that's that's where we we want to do this on a global basis because ultimately it's a global problem. It's it's not a localized problem, um, and uh, so that's where we want to take it. So Europe is bringing in rules and regulations on methane monitoring, reporting, verification. Um, you know to drive these reductions in the energy sector. Um, how do you envisage MIQ interacting with this incoming regulation? Yeah. So. Uh, indeed, it's it's called the, the EU methane uh, strategy, um, which which is coming on. So um, for, first of all, that deals that is two parts of that. It deals uh, mainly with uh, the regulations uh, on the EU territory, and then there's another part which is on the the EU imports, and it's much lighter, for example, on 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 the EU imports because it's a very complex uh, field to deal with uh, on the imports. Uh, and in the case of Euro, that's about eight and ninety percent is, I think, of gas consumption is is imports, and 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 that is why we are also developing MIQ. So we we're a firm believer that if uh, with MIQ we uh, show uh, to the regulators that this can work as imports or import standards, then that is a logical step uh, to take things forward, including from an import perspective. Uh, the the other difference is as well why wait in some cases for the regulation or um, it, it just takes much more time and, and we think the problem is too big to follow some of the regulators timelines um, and again it, as i said earlier 80 percent can be abated and the industry from what we can see um, get, is, is, is willing to get on with it as long as there's again a level playing field and a transparency which is the same for everybody and, and that's what we're bringing here so we think we can accelerate this now that said, once this is in place and, and MIQ is, is going on a global basis and including also in the, in the US, we are very comfortable and it's, it's designed as such that if the regulators want to adopt it, leverage it, then we are very comfortable about that. We are set up as a not-for-profit. Our, our goal is to abate methane emissions. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned there's a LNG module to the um, system. Um, so historically methane emissions from from the LNG LNG carriers are somewhat underexplored um how are you looking to overcome that challenge yeah so what we've done we've actually designed three models here uh, liquefaction shipping and, and regasification and what we are aiming to do is have what we call the uh, certified supply chain so that if you have gas and I'm, I'm just going to use the example now of, of, of the US that if you have gas certified in the US that can only be uh, recognized in, in our MIQ uh, system for consumers in, in the US however if you want to export it you then can apply it through uh, an LNG certified facility a ship and a regas and now suddenly a buyer in Europe for example can then use the total methane emissions across that supply chain and i've now named four parts of the chain here uh, with our certified supply chain and thus we'll know the what one can call the landed uh, methane emissions of, of, of the cargo uh, going into the the, the the grid and as such they can compare so suddenly what, what will happen they will be able to compare for example um, 
US uh, exported gas with uh, Norwegian pipeline, Algerian pipeline, or Qatari LNG landed into uh, Europe on the methane emissions. And that's currently not possible. And, and that's what's going to create that uh, level playing field for the LNG buyers. And, and, and that's what's going to create ultimately the, the transparency and, and hopefully, uh, or at least that's our theory of change, then that's going to uh, drive uh, lower methane emissions and, and new technologies. And in our research around the modules, we're already seeing that. Uh, just to mention, for example, shipping technologies, we're already seeing emerging much lower methane uh, shipping technologies uh, being developed and coming online. Uh, and the same in some of the new LNG facilities, we're seeing that as well. So, so that evolution is there, and, and that's what we hope to bring that transparency to to push that uh, much much faster. Mm. There's heightened scrutiny about methane emissions from the oil and gas sector uh, right now. There has been for quite some time, uh, the last couple of years, anyway. Um, do you think the efforts of of the industry to address methane emissions are are somewhat overlooked or not not sufficiently recognized well we look at it actually i think in in a more holistic perspective we we have noticed there there is a a lot of efforts that have been done by the industry uh, equally one can argue the same uh, for for the regulators there are certain countries where the regulator has, has actually developed pretty good uh, methane uh, regulation, for example, Norway, and I think Canada is, is, is in that land as well, for example. Uh, the same goes for qu quite a lot of the, the operators where uh, they are leading when it comes to uh, methane uh, emissions and management. Now, at the same time, we need to take this to the next step. Um, and that is going to require that transparency. And that, that's why we've designed this certification system so that the ones who are indeed uh, already or in the past or currently uh, have addressed or are in the process of addressing even further uh, the methane emissions can be recognized for it but independently because currently what will have happened is that some of the the operators might have talked or have talked indeed about their efforts on methane emissions but obviously you really need an independent robust robust party to make that assessment because otherwise everybody's going to go, well, you would say that. Um, and then it's a self-assessment. And again, that's why we've designed this whole rigorous process with independent auditors from, from ourselves, independent of the, the methane tech as well, so that it can be credible and acceptable for, for everybody. So if, if the, um, with the, the, the grading we give and the certificates that, that result from that, the operator can now come out to their buyers with a credible assessment of the methane emissions at uh, each of their facilities. What, what we'll also be able, because it's, it's what they'll also be able to demonstrate is progress. So, so let's say, for example, you start with a grading, uh, for example, a, a degrading as a starting point, but then you also at the same time, you state a plan, I'm going to work towards a B or an A grade over the next three years, and this is how I'm going to do that. Guess what? Every year we will do a reassessment uh, at that facility, because that's part of, of the way we run our problems, the yearly cycle. Um, and you can then demonstrate that, whilst otherwise it would be almost like your own report um, in, in, in an investor relationship uh, type uh, approach. That's not the same as MIQ saying, okay, they've gone from D to C to B, for example. Hey, well, thank you very much for speaking with us. This has been the That's podcast right. of...
Gas Pathways, a platform dedicated to exploring the technologies and innovations driving change in the natural gas industry. Thank you, everyone, and see you next time. Thank you.